Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, taking your questions, Text me, 720-336-0897. We'll take your text questions there. Of course, uh, we like to have the dialogue, so call us for the program on the air. Uh, That's the preferential way because, um, or the preferred way, because that way we can talk, we can dialogue. The audience, those listening in, can hear a full conversation and discussion on what the question is, or what the prayer request is, you'd be surprised how many people are thinking the same thing you are. So your question is important, and it's valuable. Uh, and the only problem uh, that, you know, the only problem with questions is the ones that aren't asked. So ask us, 303-690-3000. I want to thank everyone that's listening on Hope FM. And all those that are listening on Truth FM and other stations around the country, those of you guys listening live on the app or live here on Grace FM, welcome, welcome, welcome. We want to remind you, if you're on Hope or Truth FM, that the program is uh, aired in your area one week delayed. And what that means is when you call the show and we're on it, we're going to talk live, just like we're on the phone together, but you will get to hear it one week later. And because the station originates here in Colorado on the Grace FM network, Grace FM is uh, always carrying it live. Unless there is a, um, you know, unless there is a encore, an announcement of an encore, uh, we're always going to broadcast uh, live. 303-690-3000, Six nine zero three thousand. We see the phone calls are coming in right now. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Well, we're going to be back in the Word today here at Calvary. We have midweek Bible study. I know a lot of churches have transitioned from midweek to home groups, and that's fantastic. Uh, We are going to do both. We were just talking today in our staff meeting about relaunching our life groups uh, and uh, being able to uh, have midweek Bible study at the same time. So um, life groups could be Thursday, Friday, Tuesdays, Mondays, um, but Wednesdays is reserved for Bible study we're in a different book of the Bible, and we are in right now, considering the days in which we live, we're in First Peter. As Peter wrote to a group of 
struggling, hassled Christians about how to persevere when the difficulties surround them, including governmental overreach and the things that many things that we've been experiencing and the challenges, but but in such a you know such a deeper way, like the those in the first century were being chased, uh, being killed, literally, like in other countries, uh, and like here. And so, you know, some of the things that we've been experiencing in the U.S. has been merely not persecution. It's been the loss of privilege, loss of privilege. Uh, and the response to the loss of privilege reveals a lot about where our hearts are in trusting in the Lord. Uh, and I've heard some very interesting ways to navigate through this that really twist the scriptures, but uh, we don't need to get into that. We can talk about other things. 303-690-3000, We're going to talk to Aaron up in Greeley, Colorado. Aaron, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, how are you doing, sir? Good, what's up? Hey, uh, looking at moving to Ohio uh, from uh, Greeley here in Colorado, and uh, my wife's parents are up there. It's been a revolving question for the last 18 years of marriage. Okay. And it would be uprooting five kids and some of the, you know, I'm, I get into the gory details of it and I, I don't want to move. But okay. at the end of the day, um, I know that there's a lot of good out there that God could be doing and it could be a really good change. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, it's <clears> just, uh, I, I, I'd love to love my wife and get her closer to her family as well. You bet. Well, let's pray. Thank you. Father, I pray, according to your word, I think of what James said. He said that if any of us lack wisdom, that we can come to you and ask for wisdom, and you give it abundantly, without reproach, like you give it liberally. And so I pray for my brother. He needs wisdom on the decision to make with his, uh, with his, with his family. What is it that you want to accomplish in his family? Where do you want him? How do you want to lead him? I pray you give him wisdom, but also the faith. I think he knows what you're wanting to do, and it comes to a place of faith. And would you enable my brother to make the decision um, that you have led him to make and to trust you with it in all the unknowns and all the concerns? In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Ed, I love your guest. Thank you, sir. I love you, Aaron. You know, as I was praying, I'm just thinking, in, in case I, I, I'll just be clear of what I think, it's, it's my opinion, so you can sort it through. But I think you know that it's God's will for you to move. He wants you to move. Uh, this was a good phone call. I really do appreciate it. God bless you, man. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, we're, I was talking to someone else recently, uh, yesterday, about making a decision. And they were really torn between two decisions. <clears throat> and the two decisions, you know, one probably was more comfortable than the other, one was more familiar than the other, but neither one of them was sin. And, and one was more of a step of faith. One was more along the lines of, uh, it's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging, there's so much unknown. If I do this, there's more known than there is unknown. And, and I was just encouraging them to make the decision that favors faith. Um, make the decision that favors trust. Make the decision that favors um, the Lord doing a new work and a fresh work and Yes, there's uncertainty in everything. Yes, there's difficulty in everything. Yes, there are um, challenges with any step of faith. That's why, that's why very few people do it. <laughs> that's why they love comfort and ease. 
But the Lord is calling you to a higher calling. He's calling you to step out. He's calling you to be an example to your family. He's calling you into the unknown. It reminds me of that, and I'm going to date myself here, but I was, as a new believer, I listened to, before K-Love and all those radio stations, we had CDs, and I listened to Stephen Curtis Chapman, and there was a song from him. Uh, let me see. I, I, we In the day, uh, Frank, we used to be able to cue these songs up and play them right on the air. I don't think we can do that anymore. Can you cue a song up? Probably, without, without Kevin here, we better not do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm thinking, uh, let me see if I can remember. Uh, I think it was the title... Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And this, I can't tell you how many times uh, this song uh, ministered to my heart, um, just uh, gave me this sense of, of um, excitement and uh, a trust. And uh, for some reason, it's not coming up here. Maybe I have his name spelled wrong. Oh, no, there it is. Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's going to be an old one. Stick with me, church. Uh, stick with me audience i don't don't leave me yet the great adventure i think that's the song the great adventure um okay so let's get the lyrics to that because it just resonates in my heart it's just like it's so good the lord is wanting us so stephen curtis and i hear i see you guys the phones are, are full i'll be right back to you uh, great adventure i i just want to read this because i think somebody listening needs to hear this uh needs to hear these lyrics and i remember just singing this song and uh, it's one of the songs that God used to stir me up uh, to, to move to Colorado. Uh, <laughs> but not this one, not this line. It starts out with, saddle up your horses. Okay, I'm not a horse guy, but it's, it started out this morning in the usual way, chasing thoughts inside my head. I thought I had to do today another time around the circle. Try to make it better than the last. I opened up the Bible and I read about me, said I'd been a prisoner and God's grace had set me free. And somewhere between the pages, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I saw a big frontier in front of me, and I heard somebody say, let's go. And in the chorus, I think that's what they say, saddle up your horses. We've got a trail to blaze through the wild blue yonder of God's amazing grace. Let's follow our, check this out. Let's follow our leader into the glorious unknown. This is the life like no other. Whoa, whoa. This is the great adventure. Um, ah, so that um, thanks for reminding me, Aaron, of that song. Very encouraging uh, with some things in my heart and my life right now. Uh, so, so good. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to Juan now in Centennial. Welcome to the program. Hey, Juan, you're on the air. Are you with me? All right, we lost Juan somewhere. Uh, but that's okay. Call us back. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, open line. Take it while you can get it. Uh, we're going to move to Aurora, Colorado. Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, so I had a question regarding a message I heard, um, I don't know, probably a week ago or so. I've been okay. meaning to call. Um I can't remember the pastor's name. It's a Hispanic pastor that plays on Grace FM at 4 a.m. I can't remember the pastor's name. Probably uh, um, Ben Garate from Calvary Chapel in Montrose. Yep, that's it. Yep. 
Um, so one of the messages that he was giving kind of expressed that if a child passes away um, really young, I guess a baby, I will put it that way, and if the parent was saved, the baby's covered and will go to heaven. So in a case of if, a ba- if the parents are not saved, let's say it's a case of abortion and that parent is not a believer, yes. is that baby covered and why? Yeah, so I wouldn't associate the salvation of a baby with the faith of their parents, uh, personally, okay. biblically. Uh, I would allow everyone to stand, including babies, uh, on their own merits before God. And so let's walk through a few things that the Bible does teach us more. Cle- let's start with the clear, and then we'll get to the one that uh, that isn't so clear. So all of us are born in sin, babies included. Uh, we inherited sin uh, from our parents, who inherited from their parents, you know, dating all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve were born perfect and without sin. They chose to rebel and reject God, and thus Adam ushered sin into the world, and by one man's sin spread throughout the whole world, then therefore enabling by one man's sin can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the the reality of of a baby uh, being born without sin is not possible. That doesn't happen. Uh, so they're not saved right. because they're sinless. Uh, I, I believe there would have to be a special dispensation of grace, which leads us to the character and the nature of God. The character and the nature of God is that he holds us accountable for what we know, not what we don't know. He holds us accountable for the reality of our understanding and our ability to understand. You know, when you, when you think of the guilt that a person has before God, according to Romans chapter 1, is that they refuse to acknowledge what's clearly seen and understood, right? So, so there, there is over and over again a responsibility that is placed upon a human being, and God also acknowledges in the Scriptures a maturity versus an immaturity in our believers, and in, in, in among humanity. And what, what I would say with maturity number is not just spiritual maturity, but just maturity. You know, a baby can't articulate, a baby can't think things through, they don't have the ability, they, they have to grow, even as Jesus, as a, as a little boy, had to grow in favor and stature before God. So with that being said, I believe we have an insightful passage that's given to us specifically about babies that is probably as close as as we can get to the reality of babies in uh, the afterlife. Remember, David is uh, bemoaning um, his son, and he is mourning. His son is is very sick. Uh, he's weeping and mourning and fasting, and and then his son dies. And David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says something that brings us great comfort. It says in verse 22 of 2 Samuel 12, And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child might live? But now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And there's some pretty powerful matter-of-fact statements that are being said there. One is that, there is still a future to be had with his baby. He right. foresees a future. He's in, And the reason this is significant is it's not just the opinion of a man. 
these are words that are inspired of God for us to understand the relationship between a dad and a baby that's died. And, and so he describes, hey, my, my baby is dead. We know in the New Testament, the Bible says, it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. And then secondly, he speaks of um, that baby's transition from this life to the next. He can't return back. Jesus also taught us on that when he talked about the rich man and Lazarus, you know, that, that the, the rich man wanted Jesus, wanted, um, um, wanted Abraham to send people to his brothers. And he goes, you know, we can't do that. It's, that that's not possible. We're, they can't go from here to there. Um, we can't pass through from either side. And then the last part that I see with David is that he is expecting to be reunited with his son. And I don't believe that's to the grave. I don't think that would bring him comfort, do you? That he says, well, you know, I'm going to die and be buried and have no existence after death too. So everything's going to be fine. I don't have to fast anymore because I'm going to die one day too. No, I don't believe that at all. I believe he is um, describing an eternal existence he expects to have with his baby. Right. Um, there's one other thing that's that's not incredibly articulated in the scriptures, but it is something you'll hear discussed, and that is something known as the age of accountability, um, the idea that uh, children come to a place where they are responsible. I, I pray that, oh, I just did a baby dedication here at our church this last sat- Sunday, and I pray- prayed over little Ezekiel, and I asked God that when Ezekiel understands the love that Jesus has for him, that Ezekiel would choose to respond to the conviction of sin in his life and accept Jesus Christ and invite him into his life and repent of his sins. Like, I know that Ezekiel can't do that right now. He was a little baby in diapers, uh, basically not even wanting to be in my arms, (laughs) you know, ready to cry and wants mom and dad. But there's coming a day um, where he will mature very rapidly. Um, You know, I think of one of the young boys that uh, little Ezra was running around the offices today, um, and I think Ezra's around three now, and... You know, he's a lot more mature than he was when he was a baby. And and you can see that maturity growing. You can see that understanding being given. And you know that there is going to come an age where little Ezekiel and little Ezra, which is the age that you and I have already passed. I don't know what that age is. There's a lot of, a lot of um, debate on that, uh, what that right. age is. But it's a thought process that all, to me, stems upon the character and nature of God. We know that God is fair. We know that God is righteous. We know, you go, well, what's the provision for a baby's salvation? And and even your question, which is a lot more um, pointed in the sense of, what about an aborted baby? Where will that baby be? Well, what's the provision for salvation in that case? Well, the provisions for salvation in that case is the same provision for you and me. Nobody's going to be eternally in the presence of God without the blood of Jesus Christ. Um. And perhaps with Pastor Ben, and I didn't hear the study, but perhaps with Pastor Ben, he's tying it all into the Old Covenant perspective, which also reflects the character and nature of God, that if a child was in a family that was in the Old Covenant, then that child had all the benefits of that family until he was old enough to make his own, until he was bar mitzvahed and declared an adult. So I can see see how those two tied together, but um, I agree with Ben. I do believe babies... Uh, we'll be in heaven. Awesome. 
Yeah, I just wanted to clarify the statement there. And just like you, I'm actually a, a, a an attendant of your church, uh, and I've heard you say over and over, and I can't couldn't agree with you more, that if you hear something from the pulpit, to not just believe every word you hear, but to do a study, ask questions, and figure out the answers yourself. So since I heard that from Pastor Ben, I wanted to reiterate it with you as a more or less second opinion or a second source for it. And um, I really appreciate your answer. That's really insightful. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Great questions. So great that, grateful that you chose to join us today. Um, we have a couple open lines. I'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. We will be here tonight. First Peter chapter 4, starting a new chapter. Uh, we'll be praying together. We'll be worshiping together. We'll be studying the Word together. And, and then this weekend, we're in Hebrews, and we got two more weeks in Hebrews, and then we'll be done. And, and that will mark an important uh, milestone in our little church, and that will mean that I have taught the whole New Testament verse by verse. The only problem is, there is a problem, of course. There's always a problem. There's, uh, I love our church because we are an imperfect church. So there's always a little problem. And the little problem is, is we can't find the teachings that I did in Jude. <clears throat> so somewhere along the way, I'm going to reteach those studies, probably after 1 Peter, just so we can have them available. But we're missing the studies in Jude. And it's probably good anyway. I probably taught them a long time ago, and I want to improve on those earlier studies. And of course, I do want to improve on a lot of those earlier studies. But you know, here's the thing. The Word of God doesn't return empty. He uses imperfect vessels like us. And even now, you know, whatever I taught last week, if I taught it in another year, I would want to improve that too. Um, because I just want to be faithful to the Word. Uh, you know, you never really hit a home run. Um, you're, that, that's what things with us pastors, you know, we think, well, hit a grand slam on that one, and then the next week we strike out. And the reality is, is that it's always a home run if we're faithful to the Word. God is going to use it. Uh, so maybe you're a discouraged pastor out there or home Bible study leader or Sunday school teacher and you just have a tendency to beat yourself up because you always think you could do better. Well, we always can do better, but there's no need to beat ourselves up. The Lord is faithful and he uses exactly what you offer to him and he uses it for the glory. Um, he uses it for his glory and he will, he will and he is using you. Uh, so don't beat yourself up. Just be faithful. And of course, improve in your craft and study. And you know that it's it's always good to uh, improve for sure. But you know, the Lord is good. He uses you. You know, He's well pleased with you. So stay close to him. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're gonna head out to New Jersey uh, here. Amy is on the line. Amy, welcome to the program. I thank you, sir. I love you guys. I mean, I'm so appreciative to every one of you folks. Especially, you pastors are awesome. Ah, thank you for the encouragement. How's New Jersey? How's the weather out there right now? Uh, right now, it's very cloudy. Mm. Um, it's iffy. Um, I can't wait though. Well, I'm a school teacher, by the way, for okay. the Head Start program out here. So we can't. I can't wait to get back with kids on uh, Monday. Is it? Are you guys going to have um, uh, a full in person? 
Yes, we are, but we are still doing the social distancing okay. and being very, very careful, following yes. protocols and, you know, with the health department and all that. You know, we did that. We have a school here at the church, and uh, we did that with, we opened and we kept the protocols to the best of our ability and, um, you know, had that mutual agreement with all the teachers and the kids and everything. And, yeah. and the Lord has been so gracious and it's been so good for the kids mm. to be together. They need it. They want it. And um, it's just like you, you want it, they need it. And that's why God put you there. Yes. And I thank God for that. Um, I'm 65 and it's been several, several years I've worked for the Head Start program. Ah, wonderful. Um, thank but, you. So what's up? I'm excited. What you can I do for I'm you? I'm excited. I called two days ago. Uh, Nick Cady, is yes. that his name? Yes, it is. Okay, he was, at the time he was on the air, but anyways, I had called because it's been laid on my heart about praying for pastors, and I had asked the Lord a long time ago, this is going years ago, that I wanted a pastor's heart. I did, I was a young in the studying of the Bible, but I was a born again when I was 13, and then about 10 years ago, I started listening to the radio at night, hearing John Corson at 1130. And I was working cleaning the buildings for the the county. Yes. And I got really into heavy studying. Then I met Chris Swanson, awesome, oh, awesome yeah. pastor, yes. and Joe Bush and uh, Joe uh, uh, Lukeman. And it's been really you folks uh, and you on the radio that I keep up with really heavy duty uh, um, studying. But for the day before yesterday, one of the pastors that I've known for years had a car accident and he had a broken neck and the prayer warriors uh talked to me they text me and to keep him in prayer then i decided i said lord what do you want because we do pray but it was so laid on heavy on my heart ask all the pastors you know and so you folks you, when i say you folks i don't mean to be it that way but i'm excited it's sure, sure, that sure. the calvary church your 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 family is so mm. wide i mean yeah, even I, I even keep up with the guy in Hawaii, uh, JD, and and Pastor Hibbs. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I could name all of you guys, you know, from one end to the other. Yes. But the family is so big and spacious. And I said, let me reach out because it was heavy. Well, yesterday morning they released Pastor Carl DeCicio, and he's at home recovering. Now, I don't know the extent of you know with a broken neck, um, but he still needs healing. Okay. But I just wanted to say thank you so much. And the one thing that I forgot is, how about a prayer for the pastor's wives? Because, uh, I mean, to have your, your wives there in the forefront, too, you know, oh, yeah. at home, oh, you yeah. know. You so I'm asking for prayer now for the wives of you guys and uh, abroad, please. Okay, Father. Because that's laid on my heart. Let's do that. Father, we pray for the pastor's wives. They um, are such an integral part of all that happens in a church family. And I pray, mm-hmm. God, that you would help them as they fill the roles that you've entrusted to them. Some of them are moms. Some yes. of them have outside jobs. Some of them are taking care of the home and all of the above uh, on top of the um, pl- privilege and joy of serving in the church, but also the added pressure and the stresses that come into our homes, the the challenges, even with mistakes that we as pastors make as husbands. And, and so we pray for the precious um, l- women that support the ministry. Many of them, many of them are leaders in their own right. They're teachers. They're, they're used to high capacities. And, and we acknowledge God that we are, you know, we're, we're just human and, and we need your, your grace daily. We need your strength daily. And I know I thank you for my Marie Lord and 
just how you've oh, used her in my you. life and I continue to establish her and strengthen her and all of the ladies here that support the men in ministry, that support our church, not just that, like my assistant and my uh, the ladies that are on our admin team. And um, we're just grateful for all the gifted men and women that you've given to us uh, that we might be able to be used in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. And for all you folks out there that um, have pastors that have been blessed, we, are sh- we uh, as sheep, we need to keep these pastors in prayer on a daily basis, love them, be, uh, uphold them, help them, um, help them out in the, in the ministries, yes. um, any, anything and everything, but don't give them headaches. <laughs> you know, that's so, because, I mean, I look at myself, and I'm sure, you know, uh, I remember when, I, you know, sheep do sheep, sheep things. That's so, true, we do. I, you know, it, you know, we, even even to the point of uh, even one of the pastors had told me, oh, now, Ami, now, you know, you know, we were going to go to Israel. And, of course, that got pulled back. I know. But as a sheep, oh, I'm, uh, as, if I love Jesus, I would want to. We, we got to go, Jesus, Ami. Sorry. We got to go. So, Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Ami, our precious saint from New Jersey, took us right into the break. I'm so grateful for all of you guys calling in from Philly and New Jersey, all of you calling in uh, throughout that area, uh, Maryland, Baltimore. Uh, We love to hear from you. And I know that you do get used to it, don't you? I know it's a week delayed, but that's okay because when you call, we're talking live. Uh, you're on the air. Everyone in Colorado, Nebraska, and Wyoming, and everyone online, they get to hear you live, and then you get to tune into your station next week and hear yourself, which is a unique experience. Uh, you can listen to yourself on, a, on your answering machine. You can listen to yourself on, your, on a podcast, or, but to hear yourself on the radio is something else. Um, it's what a blessing. So give me a call wherever you are, 303-690-3000 or text me. I'm going to take a text call right now or a text question right now um, while the phone lines are filling back up. 720-336-0897. Here's a text question. Can you please help explain why the Bible says God hardens hardened Pharaoh's heart? Well, Pharaoh was a man who was not a lover of God. Pharaoh was a man who was resistant to the word of God and the grace of God. Pharaoh was a man that we would call today a rebellious unbeliever. And you could even use stronger words like unregenerate, or he, you could say that um, he was a rebel, uh, and he was dead, in his trespasses and sins. And the movement of Pharaoh with God is one that begins with Pharaoh hardening his heart against the Lord. That's how it begins with him. He didn't harden his heart against his own will, so don't think of a man there saying, oh, I want to obey you, God. I want to obey you, God. I wish I could obey you, God. Uh, I can't wait to obey you, God. No, he was a man that was already anti-God. 
already in a place. He wasn't innocent. He was, wasn't a godly man. He was a wicked leader that ordered, remember, this is the kind of guy we're dealing with. He ordered that all the babies in uh, Israel be killed at their birth. He was evil at the core. And we know that when given the opportunity to release the children of Israel, he hardened his heart. And we also know that he is a tool in the hand of God to accomplish the purposes of God. And one thing that's helpful to remember when you're reading through the Bible, you need to, read, you need to remember these two things. Number one, you, we're reading the Bible past tense, real time. So we're le- reading it in, in a linear way. And all that really means is, is we A leads to B, leads to C, leads to D. It's all in order. And so this happened, God hardened, Pharaoh hardened. God hardened, Pharaoh hardened. And we just see it in order. But God knows the end from the beginning. It's the doctrine of omniscience. He knows all things. So as God enters into the scene, he does so with full knowledge. And when God, Pharaoh, when God hardened Pharaoh's heart, he hardened an already hardened heart. He hardened, he, it's, it's as if, and really the summary of, of, I believe, the best way to describe this encounter is like this. God has given uh, Pharaoh chance after chance after chance. Every time Moses is there declaring to let him go, he can repent, he can change. God. I mean, imagine, imagine, the, imagine being Pharaoh and having a personal messenger come to you on behalf of God, of all the people in all the world, of all, Pharaoh was isolated by God. And for good reason, he was enslaving the Israelite people to build his massive cities, of course. Um, but he was so close, so close to drastic, massive, what we would call salvific or salvation change. And he was raised up for a purpose. Romans 9 says, so that God could display his power. And God did that in full knowledge. So don't think of Pharaoh as an innocent participant. God is hardening an already hardened man for his purposes. And I remember this scripture. This is one of the most startling scriptures that describes the children of Israel uh, clamoring for food in the wilderness. It says in verse 14 of Psalm 106. And this is, this is a warning to all of us in the New Covenant. Warning, warning, warning. Describing the children of Israel. Remember, the Bible says that the Old Testament was written so we might be admonished on who the ends of the age have come. So this is a warning. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. They tested God in the desert, and he gave them their request. But he sent leanness into their soul. So Moses wanted, he wants to heart his heart. It's almost like God saying, is that what you want? I'll give it to you. I will affirm it. I will establish it. It's sort of like a, a child. It, it's a limited illustration, but it's like a child that says, I want to eat soap. I want to eat soap. And you're like, no, don't eat soap. It's dumb. Don't do that. I want to eat soap. I've got to eat soap. And so what does mom do? Okay, here's a bar of soap. And you know, any kid that's going to bite into soap is going to learn the I don't want soap anymore, but not a hardened, wicked, rebellious man like Pharaoh. He didn't change his mind. 
and he died an eternal death for it. 303-690-3000, that came directly from texting, so you can text me 720-336-0897. We're going to move on to Inglewood, Colorado. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I just had a quick question. I was reading some scripture the other day, uh, and this verse popped out at me. It just kind of had me... Uh-oh. I think you dropped off. Oh, man. Let me see. I got the question. Let me see if I can find the scripture. You're talking about uh, the comment that there's no greater prophet than John. And uh, it's Luke chapter 7, verse 28. And I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Um, You know, what a great insight that Jesus is giving us in relationship to the position and posture of humility. And he's using the example of, of John the Baptist um, that to, to, to reveal the importance of humility. Um, and you know, it wasn't until after John's disciples left that Jesus honored John, and he honored him uh, after they moved on. The, the Lord wants you to know that John was the greatest of all prophets. But guess who's greater than John? You are. The person that takes the posture as a born-again believer as part of the kingdom is greater than John, partly because John was part of the Old Testament, part of the Old Covenant. You're a New Testament believer. John, he became a messenger of, of the king, a herald, but you're a friend of the king. John was a friend of the bridegroom, but you are the bride of the bridegroom. Like, and so you have a higher position than even someone that was the greatest born, the one that paved the way uh, for the Messiah to come. Uh, you are are greater in your position as a New Covenant believer. You know, we're not comparing whether you're greater as a person or not, like because by the blood of Jesus, even in the Old Covenant, is now the blood has covered them as well. Uh, you know, we're all equal. We're at equal footing. Um, but because you have a unique position as a New Covenant believer, you are in the covenant that was sealed by the blood of Jesus, you have a much greater position um, in that position of humility. And I, I, I think that it's something that is greatly minimized today. Um, the one that's least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. You know, that, that person that is born again, that person that may be overlooked, that person that might be uh, is, is, is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, but isn't popular, isn't known, isn't celebrity, whatever that might be. Um, the reality of your position by faith puts you in a greater position than even John. Imagine that. Unbelievable. Here's another text question. Why is America not in the Bible? What will happen to us? Well, that's a great question. I, I, there isn't really a Bible answer to that. Uh, as much as there is to say, uh, as we are not included in the Bible, um, it doesn't appear that we will play a integral part in the end times. Um, and I know a lot of people try to read America into the Bible, um, but as an entity, we aren't mentioned. Another reason I think America is not mentioned in the Bible is because the epicenter 
of the Bible is Israel, is Jerusalem, and everything in relation to Jerusalem. And so any other, you know, any other answers would be speculation. What will happen to us? Well, believers will go into the presence of God. Unbelievers will go and live separately, eternally separate from God in Gehenna, in the lake of fire. And the country, like any other country, will cease to exist. Uh, perhaps America will cease to exist before the Great Tribulation period or before the rapture. Perhaps the rapture will, you know, if you think things are bad now in our country, and in indeed in many ways morally, ethically, spiritually, we live in a secular country filled with secular leaders that's, that continue to make decisions that are leading our, our, pa- our country uh, toward... Um, away from God. I mean, it's, um, there's just no other way, um, no other way to, to put that. Um, let me just give you one statistic, you know, just one, one important, um, let me see. I used to have this, um, highlighted, but I want to just consider if you, you might be thinking, oh, the president, you might be thinking, oh, the laws, you might be thinking HR1, you might be thinking um, um, those types of things, but I just, I'm just going to give you a, um, a very simple number uh, and in, uh, in the United States of America. Uh, we have experienced, let's see here, um, 62,750,867 abortions since 1973. Did you hear that? 62,750,867. Now, this is a counter, so now it's 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5. By the time I finish this answer, will be one more baby aborted in the United States. It is a worldwide phenomenon. It is a worldwide plague, uh, these babies being aborted, but this is our own country with the approval of our government uh, and the leaders of our government and the successive leaders, no matter what party, leaders that were voted in by at least part of the population in our system of government. um, Judgment must come upon the hands of a government and a country that allows this to happen. Just today, according to this time, this is, by the way, if you're looking for these numbers, you want to verify them, the website is numberofabortions.com. The word number, numberofabortions.com. In the United States today, 1,648. And it's only 445 in Colorado p.m. 1,649 abortions just in the United States today. Worldwide, since 1980, and they counted them, 1,611,502,232, 35,36. That counter keeps going fast. You can't, it doesn't have a point after it. So our problems are much bigger. If, if our country, and even it starts with, revival starts with real, with believers, not with unbelievers. Revival, by its very definition, means life is coming back to something that has died. And revival starts with the believers, with us. And revival can only center around the cross, the resurrection of Jesus. It can't surround a political party. Revival is not going to come 
by you spouting off a political party. Revival is not going to come by you and I fighting for our rights. Revival is not going to come by trying to defend the Constitution. If, I mean, this is a pastor. Let me say, if, if our churches had the pa- kind of passion that some people are showing politically today, the church would be unstoppable. That passion exists. It is among us. But it gets wasted on things that are not eternal. And you go, Ed, Ed, what kind of pastor are you? You know, And you could start calling names, right? I, I've, had, I've been called all kinds of names. You're woke and you're this and whatever. Here's the thing. I am not in any way advocating that you don't stand up for what you believe in, that you don't politically become involved, that you don't vote or become run for office. Of course, of course, of course you do that. Of course you do that. You stand up for what you believe in, but secondarily to the Scripture, to the Bible. I would rather have you win a soul First and foremost, that you don't lose your testimony. I was telling, I think it was maybe staff meeting today, I don't know, maybe I said it from the pulpit, but the church's reputations become one of anger. Like we're just angry about everything all the time, upset. And even, listen, some of you are, oh, Ed, bad. what has happened to you, Ed? Oh, no, you know, of course we're angry. I'm angry, I'm angry with you right now. You don't understand what the media has done. And this has always been that way. This has always been the way of this world. This world, Jesus said, don't be surprised when this world hates you because it hated me before it hated you. We don't, we don't find acceptance in a world that hates Jesus. So we need to learn what it, what it is, how God would have us to navigate through this world for the sake of the gospel with the kind of passion that I know that's all in you and in me. My love for Jesus and what he's done for me on the cross, the power that resides in me because of his resurrection. And church, we just, too many people have it backwards. And backwards isn't going to get you going forwards. The Lord wants you to rise up and not call names, not make fun of people, not doing some of the things that would um, <clears throat> not honor God. 303-690-3000 is the number. So great question. Why is America not mentioned in the Bible? Bianca, our friend in Denver, is on the line. Bianca, welcome to the program. Hi, it's actually Robert. Oh, I, I hit the wrong button. Robert. I'll take you, Robert, and I'll get to Bianca. I'm sorry. You're on the air, Robert. Okay. Colorado Springs. Yes, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I've definitely uh, in desperate need of prayer for my family. Okay. Um, we're uh, facing homelessness, and oh, no. I'm having a really hard time finding work. Um, I've been, I have a carpentry job that I'm, wrapping up now doing hardwood floors but i'm at at the point where i'm I, for looking for steady work is just it's been so hard to find it and uh i'm just uh it at the it really i i've never really felt this sad i i rely on my faith and i trust the lord i just don't know like i don't know i have a hotel room for tonight and you know and thank the lord for that but i just don't have 
I'm, I need prayer for hope and for, for provision from the Lord and for a job. I'm just desperate for, for uh, a, a, a breakthrough moment, miracles. I really, I'm just, it, it, you know, dumbfounded by how difficult everything has become. Um, I don't have, you know, a place to, to, you know, we don't have a home and it's, it's, it's really, it's really challenging. And I can, I can't give up on, you know, the fact that I know that the Lord will provide for me, but I, I've just been praying and praying for a breakthrough, a miracle. And, you know, me and my wife are facing adversity through it all because of the situation. Mm. And I mean, we've been married 19 years and we have, you know, four daughters um, it's, I'm just, I, I'm so in such desperate need of prayer mm-hmm. and that, that my, you know, marriage will, will get better and that we could, you know, just move on in one accord. My wife doesn't necessarily, you know, love Jesus the way I do. She does say that she, you know, believes he's the Messiah, but it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming. And, uh, I don't, at this point, I just don't know what to do other than keep praying and praying and trusting the Lord. But, I mean, we, we need a miracle. What kind, of, uh, what kind of work do you do? I do carpentry. I do, uh, I can, you know, do cement. I can do, you know, a lot of things. I just, I'm having a hard time. Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's just become so difficult. Well, here's, here's what today. we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm also going to say to anyone out in the Colorado Springs area listening right now, uh, you hear the brother, you hear some of his skills. If you have a job that he could fit into um, or you want to contact him about working, here's what I want you to do. I'm going, we're going to take his info, and we're going to have it here in the studio, uh, and and then we want you to call the studio as well. So the number is 303-690-3000. The show's almost over, so you could call tomorrow uh, as well, and we'll try to connect you guys up so that we oh, can get you Lord. on the path for a position. So don't hang up. Um, okay, so I already have somebody that wants to give you uh, their contact information, so I'm going to get this to Frank as soon as I pray for you. Um, but anyone else that has contact info, um, I'm going to connect you with a brother named Joseph. He comes to the church here. And so I won't Thank hang up on you. I'll put you on hold. I'll get this number over to Frank, and we'll get this all done in a few minutes, okay? Oh, praise the Lord. So, Father, I pray for my brother in his desperation. Uh, I know that uh, it is a very scary time Lord. for him. And so I pray, God, that you would help him. And I thank you for Joe having a heart to reach out to him already. Uh, and anyone else that can hear the desperation of this man's life and uh, his desire to provide for the needs of his family and to remain in a place where he can put a roof over their head. And so I pray for your provision according to your scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, we trust you, Lord. Okay, don't hang up. And I'm going to text, I'm going to give Frank the number on our call screen right now. And, and he's going to give you so the much. number to Joe. I want you to call him as soon as you hang up, okay? Oh, so you're going to give me the number? Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold. Don't hang up. Frank Thanks is going to so give much. it to you on the uh, in Thanks our studio. You, Hold on. 
All right, so I'm going to text you real quick before I go to the next caller. Uh, this is Joseph, and here's his number. If you can give that to him, Frank, you'd be good. And we'll just see what the Lord does. Ah, okay, well, this is a different Bianca in Denver. So, Bianca, I'm sorry. Usually when we see Bianca's name, we know a sister that calls, but you're different, Bianca, so welcome to the program. <laughs> it's Blanca. Hi. Oh, Blanca. Okay. So that, yes. it's Frank's fault. No, what can I do for you? <laughs> so, um, I don't even know where to start, but, um, so... I have a really hard time reading the Bible um, because of different reasons, but I'm trying to figure out and I'm trying to ask the Lord how to overcome this. Okay. Um, the different reasons why I have a, a difficult time reading the Bible is not only the Bible that I'm having a hard time reading. Um, for years, I I got really sick and my eyes wouldn't listen, um, and recently God delivered me from that, so I, now I can read. Oh, good. And, yes, amen. <laughs> and there was some other challenges, too, in my mind. I couldn't remember things. I couldn't, uh, like, if I would read two, three words, I was already confused. So all of that was for several years, and it traumatized me to where then um it was so hard for me to read and then my mind was sometimes okay and sometimes wasn't okay and that would create a lot of confusion a lot of anxiety and i also besides that um i was raised jehovah witness okay and i know that you know uh pretty uh, a good amount about jehovah witness yes and how their their doctrine is taken about so I don't know if that's another thing that's holding me back, because when I started understanding Jesus, that Jesus is God, and not only the Son, I, and I started practicing, you know, praying in the name of Jesus more inten- intentionally before I would, of course, use it, but it, it was more intentional, it was more purposeful, and I started seeing a lot of spiritual things change in my life. And I started seeing my my gifts develop in the kingdom of God because in Jehovah Witness they don't talk about those gifts the way I was I was getting them. If you understand what I mean? Yeah, they're, uh, Jehovah Witnesses. Any time that you spent with them, they taught you wrong, um, and yeah. they misrepresented God to you. And you're right; it is something that. You'll, there's many things that you learn from your time with Jehovah's Witnesses that you need to unlearn. Um, but the Lord is faithful. He'll Little by little, even a lot by a lot, He'll help you overcome. Um, and I know He's faithful. So we're almost done with the show. How can I pray for you? How can we join together? And Because the music's going to catch up to us if we don't pray. I just want um, God to continue revealing to me what needs to be prayed about and what needs to okay. be uh, you know, yes. Um, d- um, discerned and all that. Okay. Have you ever done a, a basic Bible study? Have you ever? Has anyone ever taken you through some of the simple basics of who Jesus is and the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever done something like that? I'm not sure. To be would honest you, with okay, you. Okay. Would you email me? Do you do email? Okay. I don't. You don't. Okay. How can we? 
Um, I don't have your email, I mean. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So send an email to ed uh-huh. at edtaylor, that's um, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R. E-D, sorry? Uh, so you're going to send it to ed at ed Taylor. Oh. my name. So E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot org. And then ask for the discipleship packet, and I will send you a bunch of links that you can click to, print out, and it will really help you in these beginning stages of growing in grace. So let me pray for you, because I know the music's coming. So Father, I pray for Blanca. I thank you, God, for her hunger and thirst for you and the goodness of your love and grace for her. I pray you would strengthen her, and you will um, help her to discern and even unlearn the things that she was taught incorrectly and give her a sense of, of your presence, the simplicity of your gospel, the good news of your forgiveness. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Don't Bye-bye. forget to email me. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we are at the end of the show today. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Uh, some of you. You are... Um, you have reached us about um, this brother, so um, we got to him as many as we could. Um, thank you guys for reaching out. The Lord will save you for another time because I see some texts come through. Um, but we've got some job offers and opportunities for him, and so thank you. Even the brother that, or the sister, I don't know, uh, that recommended the gig list on Craigslist. Um, uh, I'm grateful for that. You know, and sometimes people just get into such a deep pit that it's you're just hopeless. And so your encouragement to him and your encouragement to us is a blessing. Thank you guys for being here. Come on out tonight, Calvary Church, 7 p.m. Love to have you out. Let's worship together. Let's grow in grace together. We are in person, and you got to be in person. This is, come on back to your church. It's time to get back. You need it. We need you. And the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.